This week's episode of Two Tools covers Albert Pujols and Aaron Judge's milestone chase season. The Dodgers chasing down a historic National League record. What is going on in Milwaukee? And did Marcelo Zuna really say that to a Georgia State trooper? Find out next. Hello, listeners. My name is Alex Johns, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Travis Miller. I am more of a stats nerd. He was a total stud on his D3 college team, and this is the Two Tools Baseball Podcast. Enjoy. What's going on, listeners? Welcome back to another episode of the Two Tools Baseball Podcast, episode 72. Alex and I are coming to you live. It is Monday, August 22nd, starting another week of Major League Baseball, Dog Days of Summers. We are in it right now. Alex, today we'll start off with the AL and the NL Players of the Week that we just saw announced a couple hours ago, or I should say this morning. We'll start with the AL Johnny Cueto for the Chicago White Sox. Um, it's been it's been a a rebirth year, I would say, for Johnny Cueto. I mean, we all knew what he did, you know, five, ten years ago. It was excellence. Coming into this season, did not get picked up by a team, was still a free agent until I think it was about May, Alex. And he then this lingering there, yeah. The Chicago White Sox picked him up. Kind of an interesting look, just the way that they were doing the beginning of the season. Weren't a hot team out of the gates, still not a hot team right now. Picked him up and have really kind of, I would say, a little bit of struck gold with him. Um, what he's been doing so far this year has just been masterful for what he, we all thought we were going to get from him. I think everyone was thinking high threes. Uh, probably even a high four ERA from Johnny Cueto. Right now, he's second among Blue Jays in war. Been a really nice compliment to Dylan Cease and how good Dylan Cease has been this year. But Johnny Cueto this season, Alex, um, looking at some of the stats, a 2.58 ERA, uh, 17 games started, over 115 innings pitched. So he's already been a workhorse for them. But thoughts on Johnny Cueto, what he's been able to do this year. Um, I'll point out this, Alex. If you told me six months ago, I mean, these are the numbers he'd be putting up. I would have said to the Angels, strike gold at this guy right now. Sign him to a one-year deal. He was Three a guy that deal. he he was a guy that we were looking at, Alex, as it will be, he will be an angel without a doubt. He is literally the kind of guy that angels love to get. Old starting pitchers, their primes are way past them. But we're just seeing a guy like this that's been able to kind of, I guess, you know, uh keep his career going. So thoughts on Johnny Cueto. Yeah. So you covered it well. I would just say that obviously we did not see this coming from him. He is, like you mentioned, someone we would, we would consider him past his prime. But despite that, Travis, the numbers he's putting up are really, really special um, for a player of his caliber. I think right now, last time I checked, it could be a slightly changed. I think he uh, was third or fourth. I think it was fourth in American League ERA because I was checking some stats about Otani seeing it like what the MVP case is looking like. And Otani mm -hmm. was fifth in ERA, minimum 100 innings pitched when I checked about like last Wednesday or Thursday. And I looked at the names above him and I was like, okay, you know, I think it was like Cease, Verlander, McClanahan, Verlander. I'm like, okay, the, the usual suspects. Yep. And, and, oh, Cueto, like what the <laughs> heck? Like he was fourth. So it, it was really nice to see that. So he is someone who's just on a tear right now. Makes sense that he's getting kind of some player of the week love, but Definitely when you see that tweet come out and you're like, oh, American League is going to be Cueto, like catches you off guard for sure because, you know, yes. the White Sox have not had that many bright spots in, in comparison at least to what 
their expectation was going into the season. So um, Cueto kind of being one of those bright spots was definitely a surprising narrative to say the least. And I will say he has, I think, kept this team afloat. If they did not have Johnny Cueto this season, right now it'd be Dylan Cease and Michael Kopech leading the charge on the starting pitching role. We've seen Giolito, we've seen Lance Lynn, we've even seen a little bit of Dallas Keuchel. I know he got released a while back. We've seen Vince Velasquez, Alex, not very pretty when it comes down to the Chicago White Sox starting pitching. All those guys having ERAs north of five. So he actually has just been their almost saving grace that's been keeping them in the race, in the hunt. He's like the, he's like um, the number two guy behind Cease. It's he is, I, and, and 10 years apart. <laughs> Cease is 26, Cueto is 36. And looking back at Cueto's numbers, has not had this good of a season when looking at ERA since 2014. So again, just insane that it's been 10 years since he's had this good of a season. We saw him in the years in San Francisco, had some decent years in the beginning, but just kind of really faded out the last couple of years. Did not expect... Uh, this Johnny Cueto to come to uh, play this season. So, I mean, it, it's just been a crazy bright spot. He'll be looking probably for a new contract next year. Um, he will probably be... He interesting to see what he gets. He will probably be getting overpaid. I'm not sure oh, by yeah. who. Yep. Maybe by the Angels. They like, they like doing that sometimes. <laughs> but um, I think that uh, this kind of performance, as great as it is, probably not that uh, replic replicable. It's yep. probably not going to be... The future of Johnny Cueto going forward is not going to be this two-something ERA guy. And so if a team pays him kind of expecting like a high two, low three ERA for like a couple years, uh, I don't think he's going to become that kind of guy. But I think that, you know, he's definitely proving that there's more left in the tank. Yes. Um, I'm not sure if the White Sox made any tweaks. My my uh, guess is that they probably didn't. And this is oh, just it's all Larusa. It's all him. He's just a master at the craft, right? I, I actually have a tweet coming up later <laughs> that talks about like the team's uh, who have the most and the least amount of like anal analytics people on staff and the White Sox were actually in dead last. So it's kind of interesting that they're probably one of the teams that I would think is the least likely to like mm -hmm. go for a guy and like make some tweaks and turn him around. I feel like Cueto just kind of a, is someone who was a great pitcher and he's just having kind of a flash in the pan hot streak and, mm -hmm. you know, great for him and for his stock going forwards. He's, you know, I think if you said a year ago, uh, how many more years in the show does Cueto have? You might have said a couple, but now you might be saying, okay, you know, maybe three, four. We'll see how if he can be one of these older pitchers yep. um, with some stamina and all that kind of stuff. So Yes, yes. And, and, and again, the diamond in the rough, he's kind of, I guess, the pitcher. He's the Matt Carpenter of the pitchers this year. You know, guys that we did not see coming out of nowhere um, sure. and absolutely, you know, fulfilling his his low stock and making himself you know a, a big presence again we'll see what happens again with matt carpenter a little bit off topic but you know he's a guy alex that really could be getting a, a one two-year deal next year that really was not expected it was what well, he was a minor leaguer this year in the rangers system was on you know the cusp of basically being out of major league baseball and went to the yankees and his career has just been turned around I shouldn't say his career but his later half of his career has been turned around where he can at least probably look at a couple more years left in the big league same with johnny cueto um but i'll move to the nl now alex and a really just interesting nl player of the week i guess players of the week we haven't seen it in a while actually i haven't seen it this year at all but you know of course we see only one player being announced for the player of the week we've had some pretty angry reactions in the past for the players of the week we thought it should go to this player when it hadn't gone to the other player but um this week we had two players of the week and, and one just kind of feels again like kind of a charity pick or just kind of a a slap on the back saying you know good job you've done a great job and i will mention he has been 
insane this second half. I'll start with his, basically his competition, but his teammate. We're talking, of course, about Paul Goldschmidt, Albert Pujols, both earning players of the week for the NL. Usually, like I said, goes to one player, but I'll start with Paul Goldschmidt, Alex. Paul Goldschmidt right now running, I shouldn't say running away, but he is leading the NL MVP, in my opinion. Um, a 6.8 war. I think that leads all NL players. I think the guy that plays uh, the opposite corner from him, Nolan Arenado, is second in NL war right behind him. But a 6.8 war for Paul Goldschmidt. Right now, this season, looking at the numbers, Alex, he leads all NL players in batting average, in on base, in slugging, in OPS, in OPS plus, and in total bases. A couple of those, he leads the MLB in average, on base, OPS, OPS plus, he leads the MLB in those as well. So uh, just an insane year for Paul Goldschmidt. Um, I mean, looking at the past couple, you know, I'd say the past decade when his years in Arizona, he finished a couple times in the top three of MVP, was a really just super underrated player. But it just feels like this year he's having that one MVP season that I think can really put a dent in that Hall of Fame case for him. So it kind of will get a lot interesting now. He, he might have the hardware at the end of the season, but um, anything to add on Paul Goldschmidt? I know we've been kind of talking a lot about him this all season, but he's just kind of put a lot together this season to make himself, um, you know, a clear, clear favorite for that uh, for that NL MVP. And his team's doing really well, too. Yeah, the Cardinals taking control of the Central uh, is another part of that storyline. Uh, Goldschmidt has been great all season. Definitely one of the players of the year, uh, whether or not he does win MVP. Um, still some time left for a guy like Arenado to catch him. Mm -hmm. uh, I think below them, it's like Machado and... Riley's getting a lot of love. Freeman's getting a lot of love. Sure. Yeah. 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 So those are the guys who might be able to get close in war. But yeah, I think that Goldschmidt, we talked about him plenty. He, I like what you said about an MVP would do um, wonders for his you know, potential Hall of Fame case. He's been a top three or four first baseman for like a decade at least it mm -hmm. seems so something like that at least definitely yeah so the longevity yeah uh it's it, it's, it's definitely going to be an interesting case when we get to that point of his career but right now he's just putting up big numbers he's the the seems like he's like the heartbeat of the the cardinals this season albert pools however <laughs> um is like the mascot or something of the cardinals i'm not sure the best way to put it but like he is like the spirit uh, animal he's yeah. the spirit that's a good it's a good way to put it he's the spirit <laughs> animal of the team uh i'm sure he gives the young players something to look up to and something to be inspired by and then the production has also been very impressive the last couple of weeks his home run frequency is off the charts he's just hitting one one like a few a couple a week it seems one denied um, actually too yeah he did hit his 693. 93rd home run, yep. seven to go to get to 700. We'll talk about that more a little bit later. But Travis, what he's done, um, whether or not it is worthy of a player of the week, I can definitely say um, it is a lot more than we expected. I think yes. that it, when we were coming into the season, we said he'd be a good platoon bat versus lefties. What he's actually been is a, the probably one of the best platoon bats versus lefties in baseball. Do I think that that's going to be something that you can come to expect going forwards? Probably not. But um, the performance is the performance, and he's been putting up serious production um, against left-handed pitchers. Something to look for that I pointed out to Travis a couple days ago. I think his last five home runs, which all were like in the last like week and a half, they keep coming against lefties who throw fastballs are not that fast. So <laughs> look, look for his next home run to be like 93 miles an hour or less fastballs in the zone, maybe high. 
and he just kind of feasts on those. Uh, he's had probably he's probably top ten all time in like at bats or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I'd imagine. So he knows how to read pitchers and what might come next, and he just knows how to jump on a fastball. Uh, and he's been doing amazing at it. He hit two home runs the other day in Arizona in kind of a deeper pocket of like the left center. Yeah, and I was like, just based on where the ball was headed to that part of the field, I was like. It has to go pretty far to get out there, and it was getting out. So, um, yeah, I mean, he's been hitting the ball amazingly uh, for the Cardinals. I think the key to his success going forward is maintaining that platoon. He's not the kind of guy, in my opinion at least, where you're going to say, he's so hot, let's expand the role to more of like a full-time DH. Yes, yeah. He definitely thrives against the lefties, the numbers. I think against righties this year, Travis, he's like an 80 WRC+, plus, like an 80-ish OPS+. plus. So... A below average hitter versus righties this year, but his OPS plus versus lefties, Travis, was around 200. It's like, it's like, what is this crazy split, you know? Yeah. Um, but there's so many less opportunities against lefties, um, so that's why you might not see him as like a guy putting up, you know, 40 home runs or whatever, just because there's less opportunities for him than others. But essentially, Travis, um, a lot to like about what he has done the last few weeks. Uh, a big part of the Cardinals uh, surge that they're on right now. But, uh, yeah, I guess we can kind of transition over to another question I had, Travis, because it kind of had to do with the Cardinals a bit. The Brewers have really kind of slipped out of the NL Central. You just mentioned to me that they were like five and a half back, or what was it? Five, five games right now from baseball reference could be. I mean, updating tonight could be different, but, sure. yeah, five right now. Let's go with that. So with that in mind, I mean, going into the season – there was no reason to think the Brewers wouldn't be, you know, worth what they wouldn't be similar to what they were last year. I yeah, guess they've yeah. had a bit of a Peralta, ninety-five wins last year, yeah, right. A bit of a Peralta injury. Woodruff's production is not quite what it was, but I think still is the same guy. Just mm-hmm. the ball's not going his way a hundred percent. Burns has still been amazing, but the hitting has not been great. Just yeah. like it wasn't that great uh, in, in the last couple seasons. I think what it comes down to, Travis, and I think, you know, at some point at the end of the season, we're going to all look back on our first episode of the year and like see what our predictions were. I remember one of the things that I said was I did not think I was a bit higher on the Cardinals than the Brewers in the Central, partially just because the Brewers, like they don't make these big uh, deadline acquisitions. They don't make the the juicy trades, Mm -hmm. the juicy free agency signings. And uh, it looks like it's coming to bite them because the Cardinals feel like they have more star power, even though their pitching is definitely worse. They got more star power. Um, They're producing way more offensively and the pitching has been good enough for the Cardinals to kind of, uh, it feels like they're the better team right now. So give me your thoughts on the central, how it might shape up going forwards and how you see those two teams, Cardinals and Brewers. Yeah. I mean, we talked about it. I think for the last two years, the Milwaukee Brewers just seem to not make the big offensive acquisitions or trades. I mean, Willie Adamas was a great acquisition. They got a couple of years, I think what a year, a year get back yeah. midway through the season was a great shortstop for them. Tampa didn't need him really anymore with Wander coming in. So he was a great fit for the Brewers. After that, I mean, Yelich isn't the player he's been. I think they had Lorenzo Kane, and I don't know if they still, if they had, mccutcheon on their team and maybe just this season they have mccutcheon but yeah this year um it just seems like maybe they're just they're just not being smart with the offensive acquisitions when they have that great pitching staff and bullpen i mean when you had devin williams in the eighth hater in the ninth and then of course you had burns woodruff freddie peralta going out there pitching six seven innings it just seemed like if you can get those three guys in what I mean by the starting pitchers and then Devin Williams and Hader, it seemed like a locked game. You're only going to allow, you know, two to 
three runs a game if that or two to three runs a game and it just seemed like the offense had a pretty easy job out there to go out there and score you know three to four runs a night and you can get you know a lot of wins in your season and that's how they kind of went about last season pitching was unbelievable um and this season of course it's hard to say that they can at least keep up the same mix burns like you said has been really great um but the cardinals i mean they have just gotten of course really good production from goldschmidt from arenado and then it just seems like all of their young prospects coming into the system have just been unbelievable nolan gorman alex you keep sharing with me exit velo is through the roof yep an insane second baseman shortstop that has just had extreme power numbers large newt bar great name we heard about him last year i think he had a couple pinch hit opportunities last year that were home runs in uh in dramatic fashion but large newt bar um other guys i think also like juan yepez uh brendan donovan a bunch of young guys uh, dylan carlson um so many young guys coming through that you really didn't hear about last year and they've been really stepping it up for the cardinals offense and then for the pitching i know you said the pitching of course hasn't been that good i don't know how wainwright's been doing too you know this year i, I know he had a special year last year it was kind right. of a, another unbelievable johnny cueto s season whereas an old guy coming in and doing a really good job Steven Matz, I don't think he's had a really good season as well. Um, I know he was one of the somewhat big acquisitions last year as one of the big lefties on the market. Montgomery's um, been good since they traded for him. He has. He has. And he's been a really sneaky. I mean, a, a, it's always interesting when you have two teams that are almost division leaders, you know, giving guys away for other yeah. pieces. It it's was like a really who, interesting like trade. Who will benefit more from this? Exactly. And you got to think to yourself, you know, a lefty starting pitcher who's been, you know, middle of the rotation. Jordan Montgomery's had a very nice season just being that middle guy for the Yankees. He can now kind of be that, I guess, top of the rotation guy for the Cardinals. Um, and he's been doing really good. And you just gave up Bader. I mean, Bader's a great defensive outfielder with great speed, not a lot of power, decent contact, but you just get the defense from Bader that's been really good. But that's easy to fill when you have so many prospect guys in the system and you can plug someone out there to do his job um so i mean getting montgomery getting mats over the last couple you know six to eight months it's just kind of proved the cardinals have had you know it, it been a little bit more serious about winning this division i think last year they were what five games back of winning the division i know they went on that crazy hot streak but finished i think with 90 wins while the Mar or the milwaukee brewers had 95 wins but um it just seems this year they alex they're just taking things a little bit more seriously than the brewers um, the Brewers used to just kind of bank on that starting pitching and just to kind of lead them to the playoffs defense and pitching. But it just seems like this year, of course, the Cardinals have defense and offense, still decent pitching to get the jobs done. But um, it just yeah, it just seems like the Cardinals are taking things a little bit more seriously this year. And uh, I mean, it's proving right now a five game lead right now. And it just seems like both teams are trending in different directions. A couple of weeks ago, Yankees went to St. Louis and Cardinals swept the Yankees just looked absolutely better on all aspects of the ball the pitching the defense the hitting everything looked so good and it just seems like the last couple of weeks the cardinals have been playing really good baseball they're one team i right now am very high on i think that they are their stock is trending in a very nice direction and i think that you know the way that they're playing right now could could you know prove really nicely in october they have a lot of good pieces um, a lot of experience too that i think can really help them in the playoffs um it'll just be interesting to see how the matchups go if they get the three seed alex they will probably have to what play the six seed and it looks like the six seed could be a really dangerous team i mean right now we're looking at padres we're looking at phillies so yeah. it really could be anyone's game right now the nl is i think i think the six seven teams in the nl including the brewers um at this as the seven seed it's a very stacked uh seven teams and i i, I feel like if you take out the Dodgers and the Mets 
the rest is kind of like it's it's tough i mean you you talk about three games at a uh three or four seeds home field i mean it it, it's going to be a tough tough matchups for all those teams um you know when when we get more in depth in it later on but i mean the cardinals right now they're looking really nice and um everything's clicking at the same time our pools of course like we talked about he's clicking at a very good time um it just seems like if you have a left-handed starting pitcher uh you're gonna get of course a righty stacked lineup from this cardinals offense and we know how goldschmidt we know how arenado and now of course we know how pools is handling left-handed pitchers it just seems like it'd be smart to go with a righty against this lineup yeah it's uh i I saw this funny this funny tweet and it kind of sums up in my head at least some of the issues maybe with the brewers um I'm trying to remember exactly what it was, but it was just some quote. It was about the A's, but mm-hmm. I think it applies to the Brewers and other small market teams, like maybe the Rays and stuff. And there was something like, like someone said, like Billy Bean makes like he makes like a hundred trades that make his team slightly worse, but <laughs> but uh, but you get you save like I forget like a hundred thousand dollars or something in the process. Mm-hmm. Something funny. It's like I feel like that's how some of these small teams operate, where it's really about you know a, a strict control on the budget um, is a big factor, and then uh, besides the budget, it's also about um, you want to stay good present and future. Yeah. Because if you bank all on present, it's going to be hard to build in the future because you know the budget's going to be small in the future, just like it is right now. Mm-hmm. So. The Brewers are in a spot, Travis, where I still think they're one of the smarter teams. Uh, like, example, McCutcheon signing has been better than, than I think expected. He yeah. had a couple of home runs like last week. Um, he's not been like a superstar, but yeah. he's just been a solid bat for them. Solid enough, at least. Yeah, 103 OPS plus. So, I mean, you know. S- someone you would want like in Slightly your, above league average. Someone you would, yeah. And for an outfielder, it's, you know, it maybe is not exactly what you want. But yeah. like if he was your seven hitter, that'd be, you know, more than acceptable. Mm-hmm. He's probably their cleanup hitter, third hitter a lot of nights. Yeah. Which is like yeah. where you kind of start to have ask some questions. But like a Renfro trade, Travis. That is, I mean, Jackie Bradley Jr. and a prospect for Renfro. It's looking like highway, highway robbery yeah. in terms of this season's numbers. Exactly, he's been much better than Jackie Bradley Jr. Um, it feels like if they made a, if they made a few more trades like that, um, it could have been uh, in a much better spot for them in their batting order if they traded for like a, a middle infielder who, a second baseman or or a, or a third baseman that um you know had a bit more impact, it could have helped them in, in a big way, but. Um, and that's what we've been saying for, I mean, what, the past, I mean, two years now. I mean, I just feel like yes. the, the offense is the biggest question. You think that the general manager in the front office would be looking at, okay, we have three great starting pitchers. Peralta, I know, had a little bit of a drop this year with, a, you know, over a four ERA. Kind of same thing with Woodruff at 3-5 ERA. I mean, we know Woodruff is a 2-5 ERA kind of guy. And, and you know, having still a 3-5 ERA is a great season. But we know Woodruff is much, much better than this. Um, I mean, even Lauer producing at a very good level. But um, it just seems like it's the same question every single year. You know, what are they going to do offensively to get this team much, much better? And we talked about last year's offseason with Castellanos, with Chris Bryant, all these guys on the free agent market and just just standing put and waiting for a team to claim them. And it just seemed like, man, if the Brewers would have made some of these picks, I know some of the guys haven't been like we've seen in years past, but it just seems like they had these good players just staying there ready ready to be uh to be claimed and you know to help that offense even a guy like jock peterson alex i mean i think every single team he goes to he just has success he'd be a great dh outfielder for this brewers team against right-handed pitchers so uh again i i don't know what the rest of the season holds for the brewers um i was a big fan of them last year i thought they were going to be a good team to make a deep playoff run just based on that pitching and that defense 
it didn't go that way. Almost did, <laughs> I guess, for a uh, hater ninth inning or an eighth inning uh, hater blow in, I think it was game four. But Yeah, losing to the World Series winner in the first round always yeah, by, is a sting. Uh, it hurts. It Especially hurts. when a team wins 88 games like the Braves and, and just the fashion that everything went down. But, you know, there's still, of course, season to be played. I think they're a game and a half back of the sixth seed, which would be funny if they had to play the rival Cardinals in the first round of the playoffs um that would that would be uh be kind of fun because you'd be saying we we, we lost the division you know by you know less than 10 games or by you know five or so games but we're right here playing the same team as if we would have been the division winners of course we're going to be away but uh again like we said the 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 hitting needs to be i think something they need to look at and be addressed in the next uh you know next couple months after after september october so yeah and i i think that they uh they don't need to be doom and gloom quite yet i don't want to sound like we're jumping the gun and writing them off but it just seems like they were trending very well in the early part of the season cardinals have all the momentum now in the division and other wild card teams are proving they're going to stick they're probably going to stick around the phillies and the padres yes both one of them or both of them could tail off but it seems like those teams have a bit more going for them than the brewers at this point of Mm -hmm. the season uh also on the brewers i think that they just um i don't know i just it just feels like like they're still competitive they just had a good series with the dodgers um a couple ninth inning situations one time they walked off one time they uh did not uh able to mm-hmm. uh get the walk off on kimbrell but, but down to the edge yeah down to the wire down so, the wire yeah uh there, there's still stuff to like for sure and, and they, they play hard against good teams but it's just not been um as as pretty of a season as last season. We'll just put it that way. Um, but Travis, we'll keep moving on here. Something I want to touch on just briefly before we get into more of the meat of the episode. Um, Marcelo Zuna, Travis, arrested for DUI. Um, that was one of the big stories of the week. Uh, we try not to just get too deep into all, all of the off-the-field stuff, but it is interesting to me, uh, I guess, the way it's handled different scandals in MLB get handled different ways. Uh, and it's just kind of odd to me. Uh, someone was pointing out that like, uh, Marcelo Zuna has, was in the court for domestic violence at the beginning of the year. Yeah. And now there's the DUI he's producing at a really low level for someone who you really just have him for his bat, not his defense, mm-hmm. not anything else. And the bat has been below average this year. Uh, and he's in a big contract, so it's really one of the probably one of the stinkiest contracts in the league. It's really not what you want to have on your on your payroll, and not, not a player you want in the clubhouse at this point. But it's really interesting to me how someone who has these types of issues it definitely gets a lot less buzz than Tatis's PEDs. Yeah, and part of the reason is because, of course, what Tatis did affects the integrity of the sport and recovering the sport most more so than the off the field stuff yep. but a lot of the off the field stuff um is probably more egregious and like you know dangerous than uh someone who had a misunderstanding about the rules of what you're allowed to have in your body but um <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it just i think it's just worth mentioning that you know uh we wouldn't be doing our job if we didn't kind of had a brief you know discussion about ozuna and the, the, the Braves announcer actually kind of trolled him. We were talking about that before we started recording. The announcer for the Braves said, uh, like, when he came up to a bat, he's like, this is Ozuna from the Braves? Because that's what Ozuna said to the officer as he was, like, the the, the police cam footage showed. Uh, At 3 a.m. <laughs> he, like, handed him his ID and his, I think he handed him his ID, and I guess they have, like, an MLB ID, and he handed that over, too. 
and he thought he could like talk his way out of it kind of thing and the guy was like no 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 but um he's yeah, like buddy have you seen your batting average you're not getting out of this one <laughs> yes yeah, so, i don't think yeah but any any, any any other thoughts before we move on yeah i mean after that 2020 season i think he, what he finished sixth in mvp that year won the silver slugger in the shortened season 18 home runs 56 rbis in 60 games so that was kind of the highlight of his career was 60 game season um he was up there again with the freeman trying to win the mvp ever since then it's just kind of gone downhill with the domestic violence only 48 games last year and the numbers were not good so it almost helped the braves out especially with all those acquisitions they got with jorge soler rosario jock peterson that of course helped them propel them to the world series and win it this year um 108 games played so far so almost playing every single game and the numbers are basically the same same average a 213 average this year as last year and basically a same ops so 653 not very good ops uh ops plus 78 so below average ball player it seemed like this could have been the time maybe the braves would have just went the integrity route and said you know what we're gonna cut you it's it's kind of I thought they might. We we kind of talked last week how, you know, the steroids strike two is a 162-game ban when you get caught your second time. And that's kind of like your – I guess that's kind of almost a strike three for MLB voters when you almost look at a Hall of Fame case because you might say, well, if you messed around once, once with it and you, then we got caught again, I mean, you're kind of just playing with fire because the third time will be a suspension permanently from baseball. So it just seemed like Ozuna, this is the second time in, you know, a year and a half to kind of, you know – it's it's a dark dark spot not only in your playing career but also a dark spot in your life and we just would have thought things would have kind of got better but obviously they're not so maybe it's a time to let you go and uh we can start you know letting some of our our younger guys that are here to win here to maybe try a little bit harder get their reps get their playing time um, and we're still a really good team and so you know things like that only screw up a baseball clubhouse they only they only screw up the organization right. uh, i feel like there's really no no good that can come out of that so and especially the way kind of those athletes whenever they you know i think they they, they, they probably definitely feel they're higher than society and might say do you know who i am you know here's my baseball card you know yeah can i go home now and all that stuff you, but you mentioned the clubhouse is a good point because the most surprising thing of it all was well at least one of the most surprising things was right when like the news broke and then he like wasn't in the lineup obviously yep. and then like a day later all of a sudden the braves like posted the lineup card and he was in it and everyone <laughs> yeah. was like wait like already like it's yeah. been like 48 hours and he's already back in the lineup he had a dui so recently i guess i don't know anything about how the legal proceedings went and obviously there's bail involved i'm not an expert on any of that stuff but yeah it's just crazy how quickly he was able to be back on the field in the lineup um, that is something that, you know, a lot of his players probably had questions, his teammates had questions like, he just appears in the clubhouse and like, Hey, like I just saw you on the, in, yeah. in the news. Headlines. Yeah. You were on, you're on my Twitter feed this morning. What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But you know, it's definitely a, a questionable kind of moment for him and for the franchise, but, uh, the Braves as a whole should, you know, really, I guess I, I'm not going to make a judgment on if they should cut him or not. I mean, it, to me it would make sense, but I don't know how you would. I think it like I think it was like wasn't it like a twenty million a year deal or something uh, that could be completely out of my butt. But what in his his contract? Yeah, it was looking right now. It's four years, sixty five mil. So we're looking at about what like sixteen mil a season. Yeah. yeah so yeah. for someone who is a negative WAR player and has more years on the deal left, the two years after this year is it? Yeah. Something yeah, like that. Yeah. It's like this is not a good contract to have on your books, yeah. of course. So they're in a tough spot with him, but they have. Charles, the good thing for the Braves is they have enough young players on crazy team control 
that they're going to be able to pay him if they need to. Yes. And still have Grissom for cheap, have um, a Harris for cheap. Of yep. course, all these young guys for cheap. So yeah. I guess it's their one, their one bad contract right now out of their, what, 25 guys. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. the rest are on these really cheap deals per year. So um, just had to mention that and talk about that a little bit. Uh, moving on to, I guess, another headline here. The Dodgers are on a really crazy historic run right now. Mm -hmm. um, first, I'll give the news of the day for them. They were able to extend Muncie. Uh, so Max Muncie, I think it was a team option for next season. And what they did was they just gave him a guaranteed money next season uh, per the extension. And then the following season is now the team option. So essentially an extra year of Muncie for Dodger fans. He is someone who at the start of the season was not playing great. There was probably some lingering stuff from the injury he suffered at the end of last year's regular season when a guy ran into his arm on a play at first. Um, oh, that's right. I forget about that. Yeah. I mean, nothing you can really do about yeah. nothing. Last, you last game of the season. Yeah. And then it took him out for the postseason. So I think that tied into his week first half. But he had a really impressive month um, happening right now in August. I think the team realized, I mean, they have all the, the Dodgers have their own advanced stats and their own team that's looking at this kind of stuff. And they, they determined that Muncie is still the same guy he has been the last few years. It's just kind of a bad blip in the first half and he's going to be back again. So they decided to go ahead and extend him. Uh, I think it's a really good deal, and, and he had some really nice quotes saying that he it, it, it means everything to him and his family that the Dodgers gave him that extension. It's a no-brainer to do another year in L.A. He doesn't want to be anywhere else. Um, any thoughts on like you know what he means to that team uh, for like the postseason and uh, before we get into some other Dodgers stuff? Yeah, and you mentioned it earlier. Uh, it, it seemed like this season was kind of a, uh, a fluke. Uh, I know right now the numbers aren't really aren't really good with him. I think he's batting what one one ninety on the season, uh seven eleven OPS with a ninety six OPS plus. So I mean he's definitely a below average hitter this year. He's actually picks he's picked some things up the last couple of weeks. I mean I know I have him in fantasy so I'm, I've been getting a lot more Max Muncie highlight uh or a lot more notifications on him doing big things, uh, you know, extra base hits. He's been picking those up as of late. But getting a guy like that under control for another season, I think that is a very smart move. Um, he has been since 2018, he's kind of just been a he he has been, I feel like, just a he's almost been a heartbeat of that Dodgers organization, you know, organization and also that lineup. I just feel like there's so many dangerous weapons in that lineup, but then you have to face Max Muncie. Even if you're a lefty or a righty right-handed pitcher he's going to be such a dangerous threat. He's not almost like one dimensional where it's just got to be, okay, if you, if you put a lefty against him, he's not going to do well. He hits both really, really well. And he hits for power a lot too. He's, um, he's probably one of the hardest at bats. I feel like for a pitcher when, yeah. when he's on, when he's himself, which he wasn't uh, to start the year, but he's yeah. been good right now. And, and in past years, uh, such a big threat to walk. Like if you don't throw him strikes, yes. he's just going to take his base. And if you throw him something down the middle by mistake, he has some crazy pull power. You see him just like hit these bombs. He um, does. And I've seen him hit balls, you know, in, in, in uh, Oracle, you know, into the bay. So it's just crazy stuff. And, and one thing that I love about him, and I honestly, some of these Dodger infielders is they play everywhere. I mean, Max Muncy plays third. He plays second. He plays first. I think he's played some outfield too. It's just like they have so many guys who are so versatile that can just go everywhere that just makes 
Dave Roberts job so much more easier. I mean, you literally can have a left-handed starting pitcher and say, okay, well, I can have all these guys playing at these positions today. And then of course, tomorrow they can be in different orders or, you know, different guys coming in platooning. Um, and then of course it just seems like guys just come to the organization and hit like freaking Mickey Mantle. I mean, yeah. I mean, Joey Gallo is coming to the organization now and I mean, his turn, his season around. He had, um, it, Charles, it was the Joey Gallo game on Sunday uh, afternoon. I, I watched he, that play at the home plate. He did in the first inning. And again, he, great he, defender. Yeah. He, he caught a ball off like one hop play at the plate threw the guy out. Uh, it was a perfect throw on the money. He also had a diving catch down the line, like into foul territory to rob a hit. And then he also had um, a triple off the wall that I saw. And then Bellinger drove him in on a home run. So yeah. things are clicking for the Dodgers. And, and, and that triple Travis was off um, Alcantara. So mm, okay. like, we're talking about, you know, a good hit off a great pitcher. So yeah, yeah. Gallo has been great for them so far ever since that trade. Uh, yeah. And I think that if you, uh, I think that if you, I don't know, I'll just say I'm not that surprised with the Gallo thing. And, and I think that Muncie will get better too. Dodgers have amazing resources to be able to uh, make tweaks to their players, help them figure out things. I think they have by far the best training staff and, and uh, are so good on that side of the ball. Um, you know, the behind the scenes stuff and the, the training and the, the, you know, analyzing the approach and mm -hmm. the teams, uh, how they're going to approach every single game. But uh, yeah, Travis, let's get into a bit more specifics about the Dodgers because I have some questions to ask you. Um, first, I'll read you an a, a interesting stat. This was posted by Mike Petriello two days ago, and it is not about this season. It is about 2017 through now, through two days ago. Technically. It's, a, it's a dynasty, yeah. 826 regular season games is in that span. Okay. There are... Winning percentage in that time is 645. Wow. Of any of any 826 game regular season span, that is in the top 10 for records ever. And all the teams ahead of them are in the 1800s. They're in, they're in the segregated era. Okay. Before Jackie Robinson. Okay. Except for one team is ahead of them, which is uh like the mid to late fifties Yankees. So mm. Mickey Mantle, Yogi Berra. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, DiMaggio a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Yankees. So, um, and th those are the years where that team was winning ring after yeah. ring. Yeah. I mean, I think Mantle has like six rings. Yeah. Like Yogi, that. I think has what? Yogi eight has, or nine or 10. I think yeah. He has 10. Yeah. So, um, it's just kind of a reminder of how dominant and special this Dodgers run has been, um, from 2017, uh, through now. And then, uh, I guess any other thoughts on, I, I just, I just, I just feel like it might not be talked about enough how dominant this team has been since they, you know, the season where they made the world series in 17, they have really, uh, been a well-oiled machine that is not only one of the smartest teams and not the smartest team. Also the team that is down to spend money to make big trades We'll send out some prospects to win now because we know we can fill that void of prospects with new talent because we're so good in the minors. Um, it's just such a blessing for Dodger fans to have that level of consistency. Um, any other thoughts uh, on, I guess, this crazy stat? Yeah, speechless. I mean, what they've been able to do, uh, it's just unbelievable. Uh, since 2017, it just feels like every year the Dodgers uh, are... They're like a favorite in the NL. I mean, it, it, it's game. almost like just, just put... Put put a lot of money on them winning the NL West. I know last year was last year was a fluke because they went 106 but get second. But they had probably their best season um, 
they actually did have, I mean, from not counting this year, but they had one of their best winning percentage seasons since 2019. They had 106 wins again that year. And I think they won first probably by like 20 something games, but um, it just seems like every single year, it's almost stupid to bet against the Dodgers to win the division. They're just built for the uh, division title every single, every single year. I think they, let's see. If you cannot last year, their last second place finish in the division was 2012. I mean, they're going on that that Atlanta Braves kind of run where they, what was it? The Braves won 14 straight division titles in in the 90s and the early 2000s where it's just, it's just incredible to see. But um, this year, like you said, is special. I mean, right now they have the best winning percentage, um, of course, since 2020. Uh, they had a 717 winning percentage that year, but this year, of course, playing, you know, 162 games but it just it's going to be really interesting to see what happens when it comes down to history and if they can come close to that seattle mariners um that seattle mariners record is 116 games uh they are about what 30 i I have i have some of that figured out here i was Uh was actually going to get to next so the question i want to ask about the dodgers is going to be as follows right now a seven about a point seven hundred winning percentage on the season they're playing the brewers right now so we're not counting that uh they're on pace in a 162 game season to hit 113 and a half wins Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so we'll run out to 114 we'll just say that they get that extra win um 116 like you mentioned is that number the mariners have i think actually also one other team has that number. It's like an older team. I, I know. Yeah, I know. Like Cubs or something. Teams of the '30s had you know. I, I, I teams think, used to just dominate. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. I'm looking at here 1906 Cubs. You're yeah, right. Yeah. Um, they also had 116, but they had fewer games played. Yep. So, but but still, the winning percentage is higher. We're yeah. talking about dead ball era so yep. long ago. Um, the best of like the. Sorry, so I'm gonna look at the National League here, and I'm gonna ignore dead ball era and before so live ball era 1920s to now the record was looking like it's gonna be a tie between the 75 reds big red machine and the 86 mets both those teams had 108 wins okay so that's the national league record in the live ball era which is 1920 to now do you think one the dodgers can beat the national league live ball record Two, do you think they can beat the 116, you know, just overall most wins in a season? Do you think both those numbers are in play? Maybe just the lower one? Where do you see them ending up this year? Yeah, I mean, right now, Baseball Reference has 120 games played. So 40 games, about what, 42, 42 games left in the season. Um, and they have 84 wins. I don't know what happened if they played today or if they if they won or lost today, whatever. They're still but playing right now. They're still playing right now. But 0-0. Zero, zero. Um, 84 wins right now on the season. So you're looking at what? 24, 24 wins in the next 40. So I think they can easily play 500 baseball for the for the rest of the season i think that 108 wins is pretty attainable i think that's a record that they can definitely get 116 um i'll say they'll finish between 108 and 116 I'll, i think they break the nl record yeah, i think, I think they it's don't, a solid safe pick, I, yeah. I think it's safe to say that 116 getting 117 um is pretty insane i, I also think that with such the the massive lead in the division um, there's no reason to like make this huge push exactly why 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 do that whole you know 
it's almost like the you know you go back to the you know what is it 2016 warriors where you look at the the regular season as just like you know it don't mean a thing if you don't have the ring kind of kind of you know saying sure. where it's like if if the dodgers were to just use all of their assets and all their stamina towards just accomplishing this record it would you know it, it kind of would just mean you know going to the playoffs you'd have a lot more stress and i think a lot more pressure on you to win the championship this year i think what in february or march dave roberts said they're gonna win the world series this year alex so of course he's they have the common goal they have the common goal and he knows that he even came i mean when he pulled kershaw in april for a perfect game he said we are here to win games not chase you know milestone uh you know career moments even though that'd be really special uh but i want to see kershaw go out there and be healthy um Unfortunately, he's not healthy right now, but uh, he knows this season. He knows that winning is more important than just, you know, accolades or really cool things, you know, records and all that kind of stuff. He wants to win a title um, to just kind of solidify how special this team has been. It'd be interesting. I mean, if they win 110, 112 games, Alex, and they win the World Series, uh, it'd be up there with, you know, one of the most special teams of all time. Um, I think the last team to win that many games and win a World Series was, I think, the 90... 98 Yankees. I know that's that's yes, that's they, up there with one of the most special teams of all time. They have 114 wins. 114. Okay. And I think that year they might have I don't know what the, what, what the, it was special and it's crazy that literally 3 years later the Seattle Mariners of all teams shattered their record, not shattered but passed the record at 116, but yeah. um I have nowhere it's it's it, it just kind of one of those things. It, it's it's a good stat. It just shows how much how how dominant you were in a season. But of course, going into the playoffs, Mariners I think lost in the ALCS that year. Um, and again, you always wonder: is the team just going to run out of gas in the end? Are they using all of their uh, I could say good luck or all their just success right now and not for the you know three to four weeks in October? So um, I'll say between 108 and 116, I think that that's a really strong good number. 106 last year. Um, was almost no problem and i mean again i'm looking at the record right now alex and it's just amazing 36 losses only on the season and we've played it's really what, really not four plus months of baseball the and they don't even have 40 80s. losses i yeah. mean it, it's it's crazy i mean we're, we're literally not in september and you think that if you win if you win 90 games you should be a pretty strong candidate for you know a playoff spot if not a division winner and they're at 84 and it's august 22nd so i mean just amazing and i mean even looking at dave roberts numbers i mean since he came into the organization in 2016 alex if you take away 2019 they have made it to the nlcs every single year i mean right and it's just incre- it's insane and they I mean, lost they lost the world series champ of course yeah in 2019. exactly and i mean and i think that was his probably his biggest managing error of his dodgers career he would even say as well so uh just I mean, insane the and then you mentioned also already uh the way that like tw- this season, the way it compares to last season, there's no need to make a really big push in mid-late September yeah. in the first couple weeks, the first week of October, trying to get some to some crazy win total. Last season, they needed every win they could get down the yes. stretch. Yeah. You had Scherzer. He, I remember he had like a... He had like a perfect game going into like the seventh or something like that. Yes. The eighth. And like they were riding him for every... Thing he could uh, he could do because he was not only so so hot on the mound, but they needed every win trying to win the division over the Giants. This year it's pretty much over. Like they could play yes. five hundred ball the rest of the way. Yeah, they're going to have the division title. So, which was funny last year because you really wondered, okay, which team is going to run out of gas worse, the Dodgers or the Giants? Because both teams have just been running 
to win this division. Yes. The Giants winning by one game, and then you they wonder. They're trying to sprint the marathon. They it, were both doing it, a pretty good job. It, exactly. It was it was a tough, tough finish for both teams, and you really wondered, okay, you know what what's going to happen now, and all that stuff. And of course, Dodgers having to play one game at home for the wild card, and that was you know that was a lot of pressure because you had the ninety win Cardinals coming in thinking, you know, we just had a hot streak, but other yes. than that, we've been. We've been a 500 ball team right now. Can we play nine innings of good baseball? Dodgers with the dramatic walk off in the end, but um, and it proved the Giants too. You know, coming into that series, they were strong, they were good, but uh, it just came down to that final game, game five. Who was hungrier? Dodgers able to advance, but uh, did Wilmer swing, Travis? What's that? Did I said did, did Wilmer swing? Oh, did he go? <laughs> We will never know, even though we all kind of do. You know, know. everyone was always looking back at that game in August, that Darren Ruff check swing. You know, it's, again. Those two teams, the rivalry goes back and forth. They always have an excuse on the other. At the end of the day. All I know is Logan Webb was a stud. (laughs) He definitely was. Um, Urias did well as well that day. The Dodgers definitely, uh, we can safely say, are in a better spot this season than last in terms of already being locked and loaded. They can have a whole month just thinking about the playoffs and figuring out which um, it's actually an interesting thought. Like they got to figure out which of these younger players yeah. um, are going to be, maybe be bullpen arms in October. I wonder if we see Pepio in the bullpen. I wonder if we see, um, I wonder who the big four is going to be. Is Kershaw definitely going to be back in October? I'm not sure. I mean, I, I think he's there. slated to come back in September, probably sometime. I know okay. he's still in the 15 day IL, but you know, with, Let, let's just pencil him in and yeah. say, it's going to be Kershaw. It's going to be Urias. We know Bueller's out. Yeah. We'll pencil in um, May Gonsolin. and Gonsolin. Yeah. I think that's yeah. the big four. Yeah. And yeah. maybe you could see, uh, may end up being in like a reliever role, just if he doesn't have the reps by then. But surprisingly, Alex, I mean, I think May is probably one of their best pitchers right now. I mean, I, I know he came back I, that one start. I 100% agree. Yeah, 100% agree. he is dominant, and he's been dominant in the playoffs. I think in 2020, he was he was unreal that season as well. I mean, he was great out of the bullpen. He was great starting. Gonson was the one that was a little bit shaky, and so that's why it still gives me a little bit of a uh, you know, mixed feeling if Gonsolin can, you know, step up in big postseason games. You got Heaney, you got Tyler Anderson, I guess, to kind of be long relief guys if I, you need some. I think some. that's the right spot for those guys. Yeah. yeah and so, I, I mean, I think I think both those guys, I think everyone would say, um, be a little bit scared to go out there in a big playoff game, Heaney or Tyler Anderson. So, and, um, and, and honestly, it could be a scenario where I don't know, I'm not sure which teams this might qualify for mm-hmm. but there must be some teams that are maybe really bad against lefties and maybe you risk it and say we're going to go anderson instead of may this game or instead of gonsolin and then you let one of those other guys either come in relief or they can just start the next uh yep. the next series yep. to start off this so you know there's going to be some level of strategy there because they do have so many options uh to throw in the postseason um i already mentioned pepio but to so many young arms and, and a pretty deep bullpen too as long as kimbrell be able to figure it out in some way <laughs> exactly uh he's that kind of like the last piece of that puzzle um that kind of you know goes to show how good their team era is so and maybe even may is used as some sort of you know closer kind of role maybe maybe that's how you know you they can see 2020 him. I don't know. Urias-esque almost. yeah Urias kind of came in and he did like three innings in relief and just like did not allow anyone to score exactly that, and, I, I could see it and it was good for roberts that you're going with the hot hand and not the uh like the sentimental pick like you know we look at 2019 bringing kershaw i think every fan would say Okay, uh, we we I think he closed out one of the NLDS's years before. It was either in eighteen or seventeen where they they played the Nationals at Washington for Game Five, and Kershaw came in to close out the game, and they won. But I think he almost was thinking the same thing again, and you know things didn't work that way. But even looking at the records, Alex, like we said, division's over, eighteen game lead. 
I don't think anyone's ever blown an 18 game lead right now. And even if they did, they'd still probably make the playoffs. So the playoffs are still, you know, the, the playoffs are in it for the Dodgers, but they win the division. Um, right now, the Cardinals uh, being a 69 and 51 record. So right now, the the Dodgers have almost a 15 game lead over the Cardinals. So they basically have a 15 game lead to, you know, lose by uh, what I mean by is they're going to have the, they're going to have a buy. They're going to be mm-hmm. the one or the two seed. Yes. The Mets have 79 wins, Dodgers 84. So the Mets are the only team. Mets, I guess, or Braves are the only teams that would definitely overthrow the Dodgers and get the number one seed in the playoffs. I but, don't see it being very likely, though. But yeah. both teams get the bye. Like you said, it does not seem very likely. I don't think it's very likely at all either. Both teams get the bye. Um, it just would come down to if both those teams made the National League Championship Series, then, of course, one of those teams gets the home field advantage for it. And, you know, pretty important stuff. But in baseball, we've seen so many away teams just take it to the home teams and, you know, kick it. But uh, Dodgers seem like, again, very strong position right now. It looks like even Dave Roberts could even be looking in mid you know, early to mid-September. He can even start looking at matchups possible matchups you know hey if we have this team here's what we're going to do if we have this team you know we're going to throw these guys you know hopefully i think he'll be smart enough in that aspect and if they get slated for a cardinal series sometime i'm pretty sure they'll be uh they will not be throwing tyler anderson or andrew heaney uh in that series because uh i know like we said before cardinals against lefties it looks pretty strong goldschmidt Nato pools three four five just coming at you Tio Tio's gonna hurt his old team, yeah. De- definitely deadly. Um, <laughs> so Travis, we can move on now. Uh, Dodgers are good, you know. Water's wet. We don't gotta talk about <laughs> it too much longer. Uh, another kind of, you know, we talked about the Dodgers win total. How 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 close can they get? Now we're talking about home runs, and we're talking about Aaron Judge. Uh, he just hit his, I believe, his forty seventh. Forty seven. Um, it's a very big number to be at with this many games to go, but he. After being really, really hot post All Star break, cooled off for a bit, mm-hmm. and actually when he when he just homered today, the announcer said like the drought is over, which is like kind of <laughs> funny to hear. It's like the drought wasn't that long, yeah. but like yeah. for his standards, it was a bit of a drought. So just at forty seven for him, do you think he has a chance for the American League record uh, for home runs in a season? Is that now out of play? Is it in play? What do you see that? And, that, and that, that would be 62 for the outright, outright, 62. Okay. outright AL record. Okay, um, so we're looking at 15? 15 to go. 15 to go in 40 games. You know, you know. honestly, I will say this. In that ballpark, it's it's still a good shot. I mean, it, it's still it's still a good – I wouldn't say good, actually. I'll say it's a, it's a, it's out there. It's possible. It's possible. I, I, I think in that ballpark, um, short porch right field, short porch left field – I think with his power, I mean, he can easily smack two in a game, you know, for for a couple of weeks and all that kind of stuff. So I think it's definitely a possibility. Um, I think, of course, he'll have his career high. Uh, 52 in 2017 was his career high. I think he'll easily surpass that this year. Uh, only needs five more to go pending, you know, some sort of, you know, injury or just kind of, uh, you know, nagging slump that might happen. But uh, I, I think, you know, picking up the pace with the Yankees, um, it, it definitely looks like a strong possibility. I mean, I know a lot of people want him to get 60 or at least want him to get close to that. I think 59 would be kind of like, uh, it'd be funny if he finished at 59 and then pools finish at 699. That would. <laughs> I think baseball fans would be a little bit uh, upset with just the way that things finish. But, you know, like I said, the ballpark plays into a big, uh, you know, it, it's a big possibility. And so I think that, uh, you know, also you got to look at the teams he's going to be playing. I think he's going to be playing a lot of NL East teams. Um, 
that that's the only area where I could see it being a little bit tougher. Um, you have a lot of good baseball teams. I think they face um, Degrom tomorrow. Okay. If I'm mistaken. Okay. So okay. And face Scherzer today. The, the, that'll be a matchup people we want to see. You know, Degrom pitching to Judge. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and you know the NL NL sorry the AL East. Um, you know, I'm trying to think about what I, I don't. I know Orioles don't really probably have the best starting pitching. I know their ERA has been really good this year, but the ballpark has been changed. So you know, I think. Ball, I wonder how many home runs he'd have yeah. if it was just last year's Baltimore. Like, yeah. I wonder how many balls he's hit in that like gap where there used to be a home run and now it's like a, a flyout. But um, it definitely, it's a good point you mentioned the AL East kind of aspect of it because there are some hitter ballparks and uh, of course now Baltimore transformed into this pitcher's ballpark. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely hurt his case. But uh, yeah, I, I think I'm, I'm leaning towards it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, it definitely could. I've been kind of doubting. It's, it's, I've been doubting on this whole time. You have so. better odds that it's not going to happen than, yeah, it does. Because, I mean, 15 and, what, 40 games is pretty remarkable. I it mean, would, that, that, it, that that's all time kind of it stuff. It would have to be another crazy month in September. Yeah. Just like he yeah. kind of had um, a crazy, like, three-week span right after the All-Star break. So, it's definitely possible. It's on the table. Um, but, yeah, it, it, it would it would have to be very it, – it'd be really tough. And And – do you think one thing I will say he does not have to go to Baltimore anymore? So oh, good, good for him. His his away ballparks are four at Texas, three at Toronto, three at Milwaukee, two at Boston, um, and then four at Oakland, three at Angels, three at Rays. So I guess Rays is not a hitter friendly ballpark. That might be the toughest one out of all of them. So uh, you know who knows? But I mean, he definitely doesn't. That was the biggest thing about Judge. I know he had some quotes saying, you know bush league about you know the orioles ballpark which i mean yeah if you i would love to go and visit that ballpark and just see exactly what it looks like i mean it, it just must must be just completely video game created exactly ballpark. i mean the, the the i mean again i do not know who passed these dimensions and made basically and this the, the start the construction the sad thing <laughs> is the orioles are doing so well as a team we haven't talked about them quite enough mm-hmm. They have a really legitimate chance. They're like two games back of a wild card spot. Yeah. They have a very legitimate postseason chance. And they will never change it back, Travis. Their no. wall is never getting changed back because they're doing so well with this stupid left field. So uh <laughs> four hundred and left center, yeah. They're, they're or keeping four four ten or whatever. They're yeah. keeping it until they have the best right handed hitters in the league, and then maybe at that point they'd be like, Well, actually maybe they want them to have more home runs. Yeah, but. poor Mancini and Mount Castle this year. They got they got I think Mancini. Their home run totals got shafted for and sure. And we talked about that in a couple episodes ago when the trade deadline happened. Mancini going from Baltimore to Houston. I mean such a difference. What what a Christmas present. I mean yeah. You are going to these Crawford Broxes that are three fifteen and half the size of the Green Monster to yeah. from or to that from what you did in Baltimore. I mean, you he must probably have fifteen plus home runs by now if he played his whole season with Houston. But um, it, it's up there. I, I said the, the Yankees ballpark gives it a shot. Yes, um, some of those ALEs ballparks give it a shot. So I mean, he he said some of these like liner auto yeah. liners first row of like that right field short porch. Like when you see those go out, it's like geez, like. This guy's total could be really crazy exactly. if he keeps hitting the ball, just like imagine, flaring, flaring at Oppo. And imagine if they had 2019 baseball. I mean, we imagine. Oh, I mean, I mean, it, yeah, it's yeah, kind of yeah. he's he's the one spot that's kind of proving this whole dead ball wrong this year. If he can get so high, it'd be you know. I think a lot of people would say, "What dead ball?" Because Aaron Judge is doing just fine, but Aaron Judge is built like a stallion, and yeah. you know, <laughs> he plays in a little league ballpark he's practically. Hercules, so, yeah. so I mean, it, it's up there. He's got to do. Uh, he's got to have a really big push. And I, I mean, I at least started with today with the Mets, but. Um, DeGrom is going to be tough tomorrow. And then of course, uh, you know, going on a big, uh, I think it's a, what a big 
AL a, a big West Coast road trip against Oakland and Angels. So um, hopefully Shohei ain't pitching. You know, hopefully you give him uh, a Tucker oh. Davidson and Suarez to. Hey, you're gonna strike him out. What do you mean? <laughs> a- MVP argument over. But um, that'd be good. I know. I actually, you know what? Yeah, Shohei it against happened Judge last, happened last year when he he struck out Guerrero in a big way. And That's right. It resulted in. Um, it resulted in, you know, I, I wouldn't say it, it made Otani win the MVP, but yeah. it was something you could point to as like, you know, yeah. they did face and Otani's yeah. the better yeah. pitcher, you yeah. know, blah, blah, blah. But he doesn't, he doesn't hit BP, so. He does not hit BP. So he can't be the MVP, right? You cannot. Uh, but this year, uh, we'll talk about that more. We won't go there today, but yeah, uh, the Otani versus Judge race, I think, is getting more and more interesting. Otani has had a hot couple weeks. Uh, we'll save it for another day. The last little milestone thing I wanted to touch on, Pool 700, you already kind of mentioned it a little bit. Right now, he just homered again today. We're talking about 693, 7 to go. Can Albert Pujols, who kind of only hits against lefties, get to 700? Will the, if, he's at, if he's at 798 and there's one series left and they're up by one game in the division, are they going to mess around and play him against the Raiders to see if he can do it? I'm really intrigued to see how the team handles his race. I really hope, Travis. I like, I like, I like the Cardinals. I want them to be good. I want them yeah. to be a playoff team. Mm-hmm. I really want them to be in a tough spot where <laughs> they have to kind of decide maybe they're up by one game in the wild card spot or you know i want it to matter i want their last yeah, series yeah. to matter and pools to be a couple away and i want them to have to make that decision of do we care about winning no matter what it all costs or are we going to give some favoritism to albert as he tries to get 700 <laughs> even if it's a righty pitching give me your overall thoughts on that potential dilemma and just overall if you think he's going to get to 700 or not seven to go yeah hopefully albert and i think i think that's i think that's the way his mindset is i think it's you know i hope it's winning first and i hope that you know helping this team get to the playoffs um what i mean i think if you asked him what's more important the 700 or winning the world series in your final year if it's your final year who knows um i still think there's that aspect of it as well but um hopefully winning is on the minds of the front office of the coaching staff of the players you know certainly you know 700 is special we haven't seen 700 since barry bonds in what 2014 2005 i'm sorry 2004 2005 people want to asterisk that so like some people will be saying Hey, Aaron. It's been since Aaron, yeah, it's only it's only two. It's Aaron and, and Ruth, I which mean, is crazy to think. Yeah, and, and you know, I actually right now what three away from tying A Rod. That'd be something really cool as well. I think A Rod is fifth, and so Pools can definitely take fifth place all time top home runs. Um, just another crazy milestone to get. But seven to go. I I thought about this, and I thought about Judge. What's harder, fifteen or seven? You know, it's 15 almost fifteen for Judge or seven for Albert in the same <laughs> amount of time. Judge can do that in a week, and you know, Albert. I mean, Albert's been on a hot streak right now. I mean, I think the last. I mean, I I think he might have the same amount of home runs in the second half right now as he did in the first half. So, been unbelievable so far against lefties. Um, and w- w- one more crazy stat on him that I just saw before we started rolling, Travis. I already mentioned it to you, but just mm-hmm. so the viewers can hear it too. Uh, the Dodgers right now, sorry, I don't know why I said Dodgers. Our pools right now uh, is slugging uh, 1.300, so uh, 1,300 op- uh, slugging percentage wow. in his last 10 games. Jeez. It's the highest slugging percentage in an, any 10 game span of his career, which. I'm talking about prime hour pools yeah. did not have a slugging in a Jeez. 10 game span Jeez. like this year's hour pools in the last 10 games. It's really hard to believe, but that, that Travis, that's what the home run does for you. Home run does slugging percentage. Um, they're married essentially. Yep. Another yep. crazy stat. Um, this is by uh, at passing Jim. Uh, 
Hall of Famer Jeff Bagwell finished his career with 449 homers. Hall of Famer Vlad Guerrero finished his career with 449 homers. Albert Pujols currently has home runs off 449 different pitchers. So Good stats, yeah. Isn't that just nuts? Yeah, like, yeah. The amount of eras that he's had to kind of cover yeah, yeah. Uh, since, you know, 2000, essentially, till now. 22 years, 2001 pitchers probably, you know, started out. I mean, we know Clemens started in, what, 86 and pitched till 2007, 2008. And ha, so ha, has Albert faced someone? Uh, probably from the 70s, I, maybe, I, or I, 80s? I, I was going to say, has he faced someone and then, like, been teammates with their kid or something like that yet? And I feel like that had to have happened at this point. Like, I mean, yeah. He yeah. played in the same time as Tati Sr., but, like, Tati Sr. wasn't the pitcher. And I'm just trying to think Bobby of, like, Witt. <laughs> but I mean, I'm trying. Did he face Witt Sr.? I don't I, know. I mean, there's probably some. I mean, maybe there's some young guys on the Cardinals right now, or maybe on the Dodgers from last year, or I'm trying to think of even Angels. But he definitely has teammates who were like born. Oh yeah. After he yeah. started. Oh yeah. Yeah which yeah is yeah just yeah. Crazy yeah. Thing and so too. I mean, there are guys that literally look at you know who, you know you ask him who's your favorite player they'll be like oh you know the whole the whole Josh Hamilton era it's like I wasn't even really around for that early Pujols area because you know yeah I'm still sucking on a binky but I mean <laughs> it's it it's remarkable again it's one of those things where he, he's one of the longest um longest tenure kind of players you know 22 years over 3,000 games I don't know how many guys can reach that milestone 3,000 games is incredible I mean I mean right now Alex he is he's about 80 plate appearances away from 13,000 plate appearances that's i mean that crazy. that's just insane right there it's a little sad i mean when you look at some of the years when he was playing with the angels where it kind of was just getting a little bit reckless but i mean it, it's it's a crazy accomplishment coming to the plate 3000 or 13,000 times um and what he's been able to do i mean right now even some of the milestones that even aren't you know he's not really focused on but um three runs away from uh 1900 I mean, I, I know wow. we kind of talked about, and I think he just took the total bases second place outright over okay. Stan Musial. He okay. just passed him. Okay. So it's just Aaron has this huge gap. He's going to be really hard to okay. reach. But okay. Al- I, Albert's just breaking records for the day. He, he is, and I was even looking too. Right now, he is thirteen. Actually, today's homer probably doesn't count. He's probably twelve. Um, was that a solo shot that he hit today? Do we know? I think it was. But okay, I could be wrong. we'll say it is. But anyways, he is now. If it's a solo shot, he is twelve RBIs from twenty two hundred. Wow. So I mean, again, just, I mean, kind of just little. He's the king of the counting stats. The percentage stats are where it's going to be really hurting him. I mean, right now, um, there are a lot of guys that have better OPSs and career totals than our Pujols. But I mean, when you look at the counting stats, there are stats that guys won't ever accomplish. You know, imagine getting, imagine saying, can you get 700 home runs and 2,200 RBIs? Um, also have the record for ground and double play as well. But uh, there's just so many while, things. There's is- so many counting stats that our pools is king of. And I don't see a lot of guys coming close to that, especially with the longevity he's been playing for so long. And I mean, this season has been so out of this world that Johnny Cueto S that we were talking about earlier in the episode where it's just, it's, it's out of this world. When, when he went to the Cardinals, we were thinking, okay, he'll play probably 40 to 60, maybe 80 games with the Cardinals. But I mean, right now I think he is going to be DHing almost on a nightly basis with what he's been able to do. Even against righties. Um, I think that their manager will still be putting him in there with, 
um, just the production they've been getting in the second half. They're going to ride, ride this um, hot hand. Um, and we're still expecting the same riding numbers. I mean, if you did the splits right now, Alex, I think his OPS against righties is like in the 600s. It's an 80 OPS plus okay. about okay. there. So you're okay. expecting a below average hitter versus righties. Exactly. But we'll I think see how the hot streak affects that. It, it, it's exactly. And then against lefties, I think he was his average was like a 455 right now with the slugging, like you mentioned. I think it was just through, the, I think the, the slugging in the second half is like a 900 something. Um, as I was looking a couple about an hour ago, but I, I mean, what a special season so far it's been. And, you know, it's going to, it's going to, it's going to really, I, it's my anger. A lot of it, baseball fans, but the way that judge and pools, if they both just come so close, but don't accomplish it, it, it will, it will raise some thoughts, especially for Pujols. Does he want to come back? I mean, Alex, here's the one thing I want to ask you. The numbers he's putting up this year, I mean, it just seems like any major league team could use this against a left-handed pitcher if he agrees to say, I only want to play pinch hit or start against lefties. If not, don't worry about me. You can put me on the bench. But it just seems like the production against lefties this year has to make him almost a player that could come back next year and just play against lefties. It just depends on if Albert agrees to only want to do that or if he wants to, you know, be the the full-time role kind of guy but right i mean the numbers speak for themselves against left-handed hitters this or left-handed pitchers this year our pujols is i mean when you look at probably those percentiles he's probably in the top 90 percent or you know he's probably he's up there with some of the best against left-handed pitchers for sure yeah, yeah. and it's it's you mentioned it uh, quite a bit to me saying that you don't know if this is actually going to be the end for him just because how productive he is in his role when they do have yeah. him kind of stick to his role if it wasn't for the whole Yadi Molina Wainwright thing, yeah. where it's like they gave them all like these one year deals, one more one, week, to, one year deal again for them all. <laughs> and, and, and it's like, what if they do that? And then like Wainwright and Yadi, like, great, like, you know, we just won the World Series, like, time to go on a bang. And Albert's like at 798, and he's just like, actually, guys, like, Albert's gonna, like, I'm just getting started. I'm going to do one more. <laughs> and then he just like signs like a one year deal. And then he, for, and then he finishes at, uh, at seven, at 712, and he's like, Babe Ruth is right there. Yeah. <laughs> He'll, I'll never quite be satisfied. But, um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's definitely going to be a fun thing to track down the stretch. Every fan of baseball is going to be kind of uh, curious to see how far he can kind of push this. Can he get to seven more? It'd be it to me. It's a long shot. Like yeah, seven it is. More it is in a month and a half or whatever it He's is. He's had some luck right now, and, and you don't know how long it's going to last. Yeah. He's definitely hot and that can only last for so long at this pace. He's going to get there, but I think that he will um, start to slip a bit. Uh, Travis, that pretty much wraps up this episode. Um, right now, it's looking like one second here. Oh, I'm sorry. I did have one more topic real quick. Um, I was going to talk about Cedric Mullins being added to mm. the American team, the Team USA yes. for the World Baseball Classic. Um, penciling in Mullins, I know that you are someone who not the sexiest pick you, you were really excited about a potential to see a trout bets judge kind of outfield mm -hmm. harper they, dh then yeah. they announced harper you thought he could dh then they announced alonzo so it kind of marks up with yeah. goldschmidt, goldschmidt, playing goldschmidt first, already yeah. being there it kind of marks harper into the outfield also kind of mullins kind of eliminates the possibility or at least the probability of having bets or judge because you don't want to tell one of these guys you're gonna you know thanks for committing you're gonna eat pine you know <laughs> yeah but, but yeah. give me your thoughts on the mullins pick and how you think that team is shaping up so far yeah i mean it's good to have a lefty i think in that lineup they were only what they i think just harper maybe just harper's the only lefty right now so i figured if you got a lefty um you know 
some sort of a lefty middle infielder. And, you know, I guess with the outfield, you kind of were, you know, if you got like a Kyle Tucker kind of guy, but, um, Seager is still like a lefty. That you could yeah. Try yeah. And, and Seager, that would be a very nice pick. You know, I think with also, also with some of these guys, I mean, Betts is comfortable with his contract because he doesn't have to worry about money until 2033 or something like that. And then of course, judge, I completely understand he needs to, he's not going to come out and say, I want to play for team USA right now. when he is in the midst of a MVP race. He's in the midst of a, uh, division title race. And then also, um, his contract means a lot. He, I, I think he, imagine he, he's like mainly focused on one thing. Yeah. Imagine you're negotiating with Aaron judge and you see him out there playing at the same time where you're just so worried about him getting hurt. Like while, yeah. while you're negotiating years. And exactly. And stuff. Exactly. Exactly. So I think right now um, he's got a lot of other things on his mind. And then of course, after the season, he's got, you know, money on his mind as well. Thinking if he's going to get paid by the Yankees or if he's going to have to go somewhere else and get paid, um, you know, for the, probably the rest of his career, I'm thinking he'll be looking at that, you know, long-term eight to what, 10 years. I mean, I, I think he's what, 29 right now or something like that. And around there, I'm and, and, and he's the kind of guy that I would be comfortable paying big money till he's, you know, 39, 40, because he could be a DH. He, I think he's still going to be a great power hitter when he's in his late thirties, Alex, that's all I'll say. So, um, wasn't really expecting, you know, probably him to make the uh, announcement for the Team USA. It would have been cool, though. Um, but, uh, you know, of course, Cedric Mullins, you know, a nice lefty. I think the last the last year and a half, Alex, has been um, really, really surprising guy out of Baltimore, Cedric Mullins. I mean, last year was such a breakout season, 30-30 uh, year, 30 home runs, 30 stolen bases. The OPS Plus was very good. Um, everything was clicking for him to finish top 10 in MVP that last season with a silver slugger. But, um, this year things have dropped a little bit, um, as expected. I don't think that we were all expecting this guy to just be a complete stud, um, like he was last year, but he still, of course, is a very good productive ball player. But, uh, I guess the lefty aspect, getting a lefty in the lineup is nice. That way you don't just have Harper. Maybe you can have Cedric lead off and then trout hit second Harper hit third or Harper hit fourth Goldschmidt Arenado hitting in the middle right there as well. Um, and then depending on what they do for the uh, shortstop role, if a guy like Seager, who again has really no contract worries at all because he's getting paid for the, what the next nine years could go into shortstop and play that role. Um, that's still be really good and really fun. Um, but it was kind of, I think a step back from being like the all like, you know, created team USA that we all were thinking about. Um, I think also when they included, you know, Trevor story into it, they kind of took a step back. They almost got a tier B or tier C type of middle infielder that we were, that we weren't expecting. Um, and so, you know, it's still a really exciting team. I'm still, I mean, this is probably the one year I've been the most excited with some of these players. I mean, it always seems like the last, you know, couple baseball world baseball classics, you have, you have some good stars, but you don't have the biggest stars of the game. And Mike Trout, of course, is leading that charge. Bryce Harper, his stock is in extremely high Paul Goldschmidt stock, extremely high, same with Arenado. So it'll be really fun. And, um, it, I'm of course interested to see what kind of starting pitching they end up acquiring. I was just about to say they, um, I don't, I mean, then again, people can commit now, but I just really wonder who would be interested in committing. I mean, I know, I mean, DeGrom is going to be in a contract yeah. negotiation. And, and you, don't, you, you mentioned Cole. Yeah. Or sorry, you mentioned guys who are like on these like locked-in contracts. Yeah. Like Cole might come to mind. But just knowing how pitchers are so scheduled, Travis. Exactly. So focused about being the correct spacing of mm -hmm. their offseason, training on the correct days, coming into spring training on this exact day and doing this exact routine. Creatures of habit, yeah. I was going to say, because of that, which kind of pitchers do you see committing who, if you had to guess right now, just give me a guess, who is going to be the ace of this rotation? Because it's probably, in my mind, not going to be 
a DeGrom, no, Burns, no. Yeah. Cole type. I think it's going to be someone you might not expect quite as much. Maybe if, like, uh, I'm trying to think. Rodon is American, is he not? Rodon's American. He's from Florida. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying yeah. to think if someone like him maybe like secures a. I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Wheeler. You think Wheeler's a good pick? I think Wheeler's a good pick. I think I think he could be a strong guy to be an ace on this team right now. Um, he's what got a couple more years left on his deal, but again, not again, too old yet, l- yeah. like you mentioned, it, it, it could. It, it's a tough thing to say because it it just depends on what pitchers are you know going to be more willing to you know want to have this kind of time to be compete for the country compete and all that aspects but um you know i was gonna say you could use it to increase your stock but not even really because it's yeah it's three weeks of kind of just tournament style baseball that's it's right before the season so it's not like you're gonna do the tournament and then start your contract negotiations so yeah and and i don't think you know i think scherzer and i think the mets would advise scherzer don't do it we need you for the season we don't need you to you (laughs) know like 37 or whatever yeah (laughs) yeah these older guys i mean unless it's like kind of like hurrah like you're I, I, again, I, I don't know, but it's, I, I think that a guy like, you know, um, Wheeler, I think, you know, maybe even a guy like Burns or even Cease, but I mean, I don't know. I just I, feel like those guys are are a little more focused on, on different things, but I, I just again, had a crazy knows? thought. <laughs> Travis, odds that we see Albert Pujols make a plate, uh, a plate appearance in the World Baseball Classic. Oh, I think it's high. I think it's high. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's oh, I think it's high. Lock oh, yeah. it in. I, I think who he's saying who cares if I'm playing next year? I'm I'm playing in that thing. And and what for Dominican Republic? Uh, it, you told me. Yeah. I think okay. That's, that's probably okay. Right. Yeah, he'll probably take that bat away from. It, I think I'm I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I think that's right. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it is. But I just know, Charles. We've been talking about DR, the, yeah. the, the DR versus the USA teams. Um, it's really going to come down to how the DR feels with the rest of their team right now. They have yeah. Soto. They have. Devers, they have Machado, they have Jose Ramirez. Machado and Devers. Yeah, so Devers okay. would probably be DHing, and they have Ramirez, who okay. would probably be playing second base, okay. you think. They have Wander playing too? Wander's not committed yet. Julio I was going to say Machado could play short. Julio Rodriguez is not committed yet. Okay. And who's at first? Vlad Guerrero Jr. Okay, okay. Uh, is there a catcher yet? I can't remember. No, there's no catcher yet. Okay. And Sandy Alcantara is committed. So oh, wow. He is okay. He is like already like he's like exactly the kind of guy the USA needs. They need a guy who's like, I'm in. Like just a, a guy who's like already getting Cy Young attention. Yeah, he's like, I'm his in. stock is at an all time high right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm just trying to think about you. Oh, know, Albert, Albert is definitely playing. Oh yeah. You think so? <laughs> just the Charles. We're talking about it's the finals. Okay, it's the it's the the winner take all ninth inning. USA puts in Hater the lefty. Income pinch hitter. Albert, lefty specialist, walk off home run, strike out. What's gonna happen? Oh, he'll get walked. I mean, with haters control. Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> I think Albert game winning hit by pitch probably is. That's probably is, true. Is how the game ends. I think. I think like like you could see like Minter and uh, was it Mat- Matic Matic something like that. They yeah. Could, they could- those guys look like I think yeah. Minter's a Texan, so he looks like a guy that could be pretty strong candidate to represent the U.S. and all that stuff. And then, um, yeah, it should be fun. I mean, honestly, it, it, it probably have some some guys who are young. Guys, maybe a lot of a lot of control for some of these teams saying, you know, I, I might as well give it a try. You know, I'm I'm young. I, I can I can definitely take the stamina. And, I, and, you know, maybe my team right now isn't going to be winning anytime soon. So I want to get that, you know, I want to get that winning feel for the next three weeks. And I think everyone from last World Baseball Classic when they won at Dodger Stadium, I think everyone was just kind of excited. And, and you know, some guys probably hadn't had that winning uh, culture. I know Aaron Otto won and I think he hadn't won a playoff or hadn't been to the playoffs with the car or at the Rockies ever you know, in his time with with Colorado. Yes. So he probably was really enjoying it that. And I mean, it's kind of sad to say, but uh, 
and I mean, these jokes will be coming, but I know people will say, oh, Mike Trout got his first, uh, you know, got his first playoff win as a member of Team USA. I, I know the jokes are waiting to come sure. um, if they win uh, a game in that in that uh, tournament. But I mean, they should. I think they're they're facing what Canada and Mexico the first round and like Team Israel or something like yeah, that, I think which is like, like group stages. Yeah. And usually, like I mean, Canada has like a couple good guys. I'm trying to think who would be their like. Votto Freeman. I think Votto actually is getting surgery right now. We didn't cover that. That's right. That's he'll right. Be, he'll be out for a that's while. Right. Freeman that's right. is technically Canadian, but he probably wouldn't represent them. I don't that's know right. That's him. right. Yeah. Every, I, you know what annoys me, Travis? Everyone's saying Guerrero Jr. should represent them because he was born when yeah. Vlad was in Give Montreal. It's like, okay, it's not about exactly, he looked Canadian. <laughs> it's not about exactly where you were born because your dad was living somewhere for work. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> like your whole family lives in the DR. You live in DR in the off season. Yeah. You're not talking about Montreal. Like, yeah. Anyway, yeah. It's kind of funny that his dad was Montreal and he's now Toronto. Yeah. Uh, uh, Vladdy's French actually. So he'll probably go play just, for team France. He's yeah. just a big maple guy. That's but, right. Uh, anyways, that that's, that's all kind of fun talk, but that wraps, that wraps up the whole episode this week. Travis, uh, excited for the last, you know, sort of 40 games of the season. We'll kind of keep covering everything. Uh, hopefully we get some more announcements on who's going to be on those teams, both for the DR, for Team USA, and everywhere else. There was another commit. Someone committed to, like, Venezuela. Well, Altuve. Okay, so that's like, right. There, there's guys committing to other countries, too. A lot to be excited about in that regard. Also, last thing, Mark DeRosa, manager of the USA. That is correct, yeah, yeah. which was an interesting announcement. You know, I don't think either of us saw that coming, really. Sosha was the, you know, former Angels coach, Mike Sosha, was the coach for, like, the, the Olympics. Olympics. Yeah. So that was yeah. interesting, too. But, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm excited to see how those teams continue to shape up. Only help his stock if he wants to become a manager one day. I mean, if DeRosa wins it, I'm pretty sure some teams will be calling him in the next couple of years saying, like, hey, do you uh, want to give our, uh, you know, club a try? You know, Maybe who knows? so, maybe so. Yeah, I mean, it definitely is something that can't hurt, so... Uh, yeah, I'm excited to see how that shapes up. Uh, we will continue all the coverage next week. Uh, so if you guys made it this far, thanks so much. You know, check out the Instagram like always. Uh, last month actually, Chavis, we just checked the analytics. It was a kind of a big month in terms of listeners. So please keep up. You know the support. We appreciate it so much. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Presented by Tool Tools Podcast. <laughs>